Let's go. We have talked about so many things in this series that we're doing called The Road to Abundant Life. Everybody say abundant life. Abundant life. We have walked, um, we have talked about this um, this abundant life and the, the, the Zoe life. We talked about that a couple of weeks, uh, last week, about um, that God is not, it's not Zoe life. This abundant life is not just you existing, but it's how you exist. And the, your, your quality of life and how you exist is Zoe life. And God has abundant Zoe life available for you. And um, uh, so, uh, let's see. I talked about my Maine Coon cat last week. Y'all remember that? But the enemy wants to pick you up and carry you around like um, my kids did with that cat and carry you around to places that you don't want to go, right? And take you to places where that cat did not want to go. Oh, yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah, I just, yes, yeah, if you didn't hear her, she said, are you just comparing me to the devil? I'm like, no. It's, it's all, I mean, it could have been that cat was maybe, the, so. That, that's not where, Rachel, you're messing up my message. Okay, so, but the scripture talks about, like, uh, we talked about the sheepfold, amen? And the, that the enemy wants to climb over that fence, grab the sheep and take them, where it wants to, where where the enemy wants to take you, but Jesus says, "I have this scripture that I have come to give you life and life abundantly." Is within the context of Jesus being our shepherd, and his protection, and uh, we're his sheep. But the enemy wants to come and steal out of that sheepfold and you and take you somewhere that you don't want to be. And um, and so uh, we talked about that. So this and we talked about this. So this idea of change. And we said last week that we really want to take some time with this because um, I think maybe um, we have been given false information about how change works in a believer's life. And a lot of it has come down and just pray and somebody lay hands on you and snap, all things are better and it's all good. And if you've walked with Jesus more than like 10 minutes, you know that that's, that's not true. And uh, some, I mean, sometimes things God delivers people in a moment. God delivers, he delivered me some, for some things in a moment. Um, but then there's uh, other things that, are, that just take time to process and change. And, and so we said, so if we want to have this attitude of going from um, either captive or in walking into this abundant life, there's some things that we need to know. And we talked about the first week. The first thing that we need to know is what, and the character and nature of God is available, not just to those who are spiritually minded people, but they're available to you. If, if God is, and this was the big one, especially when we talk about change, is God patient? Is God patient? Well, is he patient with you? And most of us would say, no, 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 no. No, I'm a terrible Christian. I'm not good at this. I'm a failure and all those kind of things. But the truth is, that if, if that's how we believe, then we don't believe. We believe God's patient with other people, but we don't believe he's patient with us. And he's long-suffering. With, how many of you are glad God's long-suffering with you? It is, I just thought about that. It's funny that it says suffering. But anyway, I, I can get that. But that, that God is long-suffering with you. He's patient with you. He's not like, he's not upset. He's not trying to, uh, you're not a, you're not fail, you're not a failure, right? You're, we're all learners. We're all growing. And um, when the scripture says that we are growing from glory to glory, we're changing. And that, and we also said that God is not just, um, not just is uh, patient with us, but he's actually involved with us 
in the stuff, right? That God is not a far off God looking down and waiting for us to be obedient. He's in the maze with us, helping us to get to the cheese. Amen? He's in there with us, and he's empowering us. We're going to talk about that a little bit more this morning. My title of my message as we talk about our road, the road to life, is getting out of the ditch, is getting out of the ditch. We're going to talk about that this morning. And um, so... So this first part of this message, I just want to be transparent with you. Um, Craig Rochelle has a really great series on change, and he has a really great series, and he's one of he's one of my favorites. I love Craig Rochelle. I love his teaching. I love his style. I love his leadership stuff. He's just he's um, he he doesn't know it, but he's a men- he's my mentor. <laughs> so um, so and I want to when when I do these kind of things, I want to make sure I'm clear. That some of this stuff is, is some of the beginning of this message is kind of gleaned from a teaching that he did on, on this. So I just want to make that clear. And I don't usually do it, but it was so good that I just wanted to include it in, the, in this message. Is that okay? Amen? Amen? I mean, we sing other people's songs, right? Amen? So <laughs> we worship with other people's words. So, um, but this is some of the things he talks about. Like, and um, see, so the idea is that the, the seemingly the idea is that people come to Christ, they come to repentance, they come to Jesus, and then we just basically, they come to, like, if you came down to an altar, if you did it in your, whatever, where, however you did it, basically it's this idea of now you've come to Christ, now start acting like it. Now start acting like it. And so what we've turned Christianity into is come to Christ, now behavior modification. Behavior modification. See, I love what Craig Rochelle and how he describes it. It's um, Real change is not behavior modification. It's spiritual transformation. And those are vastly different things. And, and what he does is he actually he talks about this, these three mindsets of change. This is where I want to kind of steal from him a little bit. So, Craig, if you're watching, I just want to let you know, I give you all the credit. He watches me all the time. I'm just, you know, whatever. <laughs> but Craig Rochelle says there's three mindsets of change. And I love this. He says that God draws me in. You were drawn in by the grace of God, right? You were, the Holy Spirit drew you in to him. And then you, like, and God saves you by his power. And then the rest, you're on your own. Figure it out. So change is up to me and my efforts. That's what we've told people. And what, what happens is when they don't happen, there's only one person to point back to. Me. I'm a failure. I'm a loser. I'm no good. So, but God can, um, he can save me. He can make me a Christian, but then the rest is up to me to follow him and to be transformed. It's up to me. Okay? That one is like, it's the God then me mindset. God did his work, now it's up to me to do the rest. It's all about my effort. The next one is really interesting. 
Because this one actually shifts the responsibility from me to God. So this is what happens. You quit your job. Well, God's going to find me another one. As I sit and scroll through my Instagram feed and do nothing, that God, God's going to take care of it. He's going to take care of it. Somewhere over there, God's going to take care of me. And I have nothing to do with it. That's the other mindset. That is an incorrect mindset. It's amazing. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> I wrote down, God's going to help me win the lottery. <laughs> Rachel. <laughs> I want to get closer to God, so God's just going to do his thing and get close to me just because I want, I want to. Both of these two are incorrect. Both of these two are incorrect. So throughout the story of the Bible, if you're in our intro to, in introduction to Hebrew class, you are finding this out about how this story of the whole Bible is one story leading to Jesus. And so, um, there's so much to say about that, but what I want you to see in the story of Scripture, it is not God over here doing His thing and us over here doing our thing as, as believers. It is somehow God working with us in cooperation with us that gets his kingdom and his ideas and his thoughts into the world. It's not God, our, us doing our part and God's up there watching us. And it's not us sitting around doing nothing and God doing all the stuff. The story of the Bible, the story of our faith, the story of our history is God interacting with humans to get his will accomplished in and through us. And the cool thing about that is what we can't do, which is 90% of it, he has the power to do it all. It's interesting that the scripture says in Acts, I don't know the reference right off the top of my head, but it just came to me. It says that, that God was working through the disciples in Acts with signs and wonders. God working with, actually the word is with the disciples, with them. It took Paul, I mean, it, it, it took Peter to walk up to the, the man at the gate, beautiful, to be the human representation of God, to reach over to that lame guy and says, in the name of Jesus, rise and walk. It took his obedience to go to that lame man, but it took God's power to raise that lame man up. It's God's power with our obedience working together that gets things done, that makes things happen. I want you to read a really great scripture. It's 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 9. It's a really interesting scripture. It says, for I, this is Paul talking. So we, Paul, if you don't know Paul, Paul is, was a persecutor of Christians until he had an encounter with Jesus and changed his life, became, a, became, became the great apostle Paul. 
He says, for I'm the least of the apostles, not worthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. I love his humility. But watch this. Watch how this is worded when he, Paul talks about life change. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. Sounds like Popeye, doesn't he? All right, get that out of the main. Okay, get that out of the way. Now let's read it again. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. Okay, let's stop there. Let's slow down. By the grace of God. It's the grace of God that I am what I am. And his grace towards me was not in vain. So you can have the grace towards you be in vain. And his grace towards me was not in vain. On the contrary, watch this. I worked harder than any of them. Yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. You hear that? Now, who's, who did it? Was it the grace of God? Or was it that Paul worked so hard? Both. That tells me that you can have the grace of God available to you, and for you, it's in vain. Because you don't cooperate with the power of God. That, 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 if you understand that, you'll understand faith. You'll understand how to break addictions. You'll understand how to have life change within you. Because it's not all God. And it's certainly not all us. It's God working with us doing these things. Amen? Notice the tension between the work of grace and the work of Paul. It's not your own work. It's not his work alone. It's God working through you. And how Greg Crishell pulls that all together is so beautiful. I love how, I love that scripture. I'm, I'm just going to read it again. I want, to, so I, want to, I want you to get this. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace towards me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them. He's talking about the other apostles. <laughs> Paul's like, has a little attitude as he's writing this, right? I worked harder than all of them. There's, there's more in there. I don't want to go there. Yet not I, but the grace of God that was within me. Let's read this scripture, James in 4, verse 6. Starting in verse 6, he says, But he gives greater grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. That's your part. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil. Who's supposed to submit? Who's supposed to resist? And he will flee. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. We have a part to play. And he says, be miserable and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourself. Who's supposed to humble yourself? Is God in the humbling business? No. No. Let me say that again. God is not in the humbling business. We humble ourselves. Free will humble ourselves. Before the Lord, and he will what? Exalt you. You humble, he exalts. You do your part, he does his powerful part. 
You get, we're, we're, we're there? He's the one, actually, remember, like, he's the one who helps you. He's the one who wants to get in there with you and help you. So the point is that we are doing our part in, in pray, by praying, submitting, humbling. By the grace of God, I am what I am. I worked harder than any of them. He does the work. Now let's move over to a, a little bit a different kind of a, we'll get back to all this, putting it all together. But let's go to a little bit of a different thing. So if God, this is what I want to ask. So if God is working with us, and I'm doing this, and God's doing this, something's got to happen for those things to come together. Okay, that's where I want to uh, teach you a little bit. Philippians chapter 2, verse 12. It says, therefore, my friends, just as you always obeyed, this is going to be a little bit lengthy scripture. So now, not only in my presence, but even this is Paul again talking, but even more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God. Hmm. Hear, the, hear, the, hear the conflict again. For it is God who is working in you both to will and to work according to his good purpose. Do everything without grumbling and arguing so that... <laughs> Not some things, everything, without grumbling and arguing. And all the church said, oh, me. <laughs> so that you may be blameless, pure children of God who are, faultless, who are faultless in a crooked and perverted generation, among whom you shine like stars in the world. Huh, I can do that without, because I don't grumble and argue? That's amazing. By holding on holding firm to the word of life. Then I can boast in the day of Christ, which I did not, what I didn't run for, uh, run or labor for nothing. So, and in James chapter four and verse three, he says this, James always to the point, you ask and don't receive. You ask with wrong motives so that you may spend it on your own pleasures. All right, let's pull this all together. I want to lose weight. <laughs> actually, I do. I would, not just an example, I actually do. I want, to, I want to be better at our finances. I want to be more disciplined. I want to overcome this addiction. Why? Why? It's summertime. I want to look good if I go to the beach. I don't always have to wear this shirt when I go to the beach. I want to look good, so I want to lose weight. I can really see God going, that's legit. I actually want to exalt you in this way. I am actually going to partner by power with you so that you cannot have a dad bod, but a beach bod. 
I can see God getting so excited about the cause of exalting yourself in front of everybody. <laughs> Why do you want your finances? You see, it's a God at work in you, both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Oh, American church, we don't like this. Because this is prosperity for me. I want this for me. Me, me, me. The me monster. I want it all for, for me. <laughs> I see you remembered my message from a while back in the me monster message we did years ago. Now, does God care about some of those things? Sure. He gives us everything in this life to enjoy, 100%. Does God love the beach? Yes, he actually created it. Does he love the mountains? Yes, he created those things. Does he love beautiful sceneries? Yes, that's why you like them. Yes, 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 and yes. But we're not down here just for that. See, I want to I be healthy because God has a plan for my life. And I don't want to cut it short because of my own, I can't even say it, American church, gluttony. I don't want to cut things short because I just want what I want. I am not my own. I've been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in my... This is, this is not, I want to look better. It, it can be, and I don't think that's bad. I don't think that's bad in and of itself, bad thing. But if you want the power of God working with you, it's his purposes working with our will of our bended knee will to say, God, you're partnering with me. Kenneth Hagin, you say it all the time. If you want a promise of God, if you're wanting something, if you, if you need something in your life, go to the word Find the scriptures that show you the promise of those things and then work with your mouth, with your life, and God's power working in you to get those things done. Amen? So listen, it's not just, it's not just me for myself. It's not, just, it's not just so that I can be happy with the way I look. I mean, not, God's not against that. Hear, hear me, hear me, church. Hear me. But really, what God wants to do is, I need you here on the earth to accomplish my purposes. And then we go to like our finances. It's all meddling this morning. It's freezing cold. Y'all came to church to hear somebody meddle in your personal life. That's amazing. <laughs> you guys love Jesus, I'm telling you. Or you just didn't know what I was going to talk about. 
but God wants to work in it. Like, do I really believe? Do I really believe that everything I have belongs to God? Do I really believe that? Does God want to bless you? Yes, yes, totally wants to bless you. The Bible says that God blessed Abraham so that he could be a blessing. I am a full believer that that poverty is a curse. It's a curse. We should be we should be abundantly the scripture says we should have an abundance towards every good work. We should an abundance. But it's also on me to be a good steward of what God's given me. Those things don't work. God just blessed me, and I'm just going to keep rolling up my Amazon bill. Right? So we have to be good stewards of what God has given us. Amen? He says, Paul says, I worked harder than any of them. I heard it was, somebody said one time, I don't know if I totally believe it, but I understand the truth that um, you got to work like God's not going to show up and believe God, and, and then on the other hand, believe that he will. It is both. The diligent soul will be made rich, Scripture says. The person that's active, why? God needs something to work with. He needs something to work with. I want to become more generous. I want to become a good steward. You know what God's all, you mean God's like, you mean if I give you this, it'll go through you to be a blessing to the people I love? God's like, I'll partner with you any day, any time. Let's do this. This whole idea of God gives, as you give, God gives back to you. It's not so you can heap it all to your own self. Listen to James. It's so that you become an effective giver, an effective blesser in everything that you do. And whatever thing you have, it's your, if it's your health, if it's your strength, if it's your finances, God wants to bless you. But he needs us to work together with him. You know, I remember when, um, so for a long time in my Christian walk, and it's probably true for many of us, is I always wanted to have, you know, they always talk about your personal quiet time with the Lord. Every time somebody would teach you on that, every time somebody would it was like a knife. Because I felt like such a loser. Amen? How many, um, no, you don't have to raise your hand. Do you feel me? You just feel like, oh my gosh. And you're like, God, are you sure you're patient with me? Like, are you sure? You're like, all of those feels. And then, Something happened one day, and I wish I could just teach it and you got it and that. There you go. But something happened in me because it turned, it was always seems to be just one more thing I needed to do. Right? One more thing, one more thing on my to-do. Like I got to exercise, I got to spend time with Jesus, and I got to, you know, whatever. And I got to eat breakfast. And then something changed on the inside of me. 
and was like, I want to know God. I want to know him. I want to, I want to know about him. I want to know his presence. I want to know. I've heard all these people, what people preach, and I want to know what he says in his word about himself. And it was then when everything switched. Because before it was just another duty, another thing, another thing to check off your to-do list of the day. But when it changes, it says, no, I want to know him. And that drove me. That's what drove me to be, I wish I, could, I wish I could tell you, like, all of a sudden everything changed and all that was like 100% committed every, every morning and all the time. But everything changed when that changed. Because then it wasn't, let me just do my thing. It was like, all right, this morning, God, I'm going to give you this however many, very many minutes or not very many minutes or a lot of minutes. I'm going to give you this time, and God, speak to me through your word. Show me something about yourself. Meditating on his word, thinking about his word, letting it pour over you, and knowing him. That's when it changed. You, you, you know what the greatest thing is? When you draw near to God, God draws near to you. When you draw near to just another Thing you have to do. God's like, I don't want to be another task for you today. If you're seeking me, I'm with you. And I will work together with you. When we start aligning our will with what he wants, and we start aligning, he starts working. We see amazing things happen that change us. Addiction. When I battled the stuff I battled, I knew it was hurting people. And my godly response is, I don't want to hurt anybody anymore like this, especially my wife. You know what? You know what God says? I can work with that. I can work with that. Well, let's get in here. You do your part. Work hard. Do your part. And God will do his part. You see how we've gotten it wrong, church? Come down, get saved, and go figure it out. God's not patient with this way. We te- this way it seems like we teach it. God's not patient with you. He wants your change like now and now and right now. And if not now, then you're a loser and you're. You understand people stop coming to church because they don't believe God's patient with them. God, people quit coming to church because they think they have to be perfect and they have to show up to church perfect because they have all this false condemnation that the enemy has put on them. Amen. We're all a work in progress. I want to get free. Not only do I want to get free for the people around me, I want to get free because I am the temple of God. God lives on the inside of me. 
And there, there's nothing that has to, nothing, I am free. If Jesus came, I don't want his blood to be in vain. I don't want his grace towards me to be in vain. I'm going to live in the freedom that Jesus offered me. By the grace of God, I am what I am. And I worked harder than anybody else. God has, God has mighty power available for you. And as my guide, Doug Jones, she's always said, if we learn, learn, to, learn to cooperate with it, it'll bless you. It'll help you. Then he says this. Jessica pulled this scripture. I was kind of sharing with her what I was going to be talking about. And she actually brought this. Uh, it's not going to be on the screen. But um, Jesus said this. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. <sighs> Ouch. Gosh. Yes, I don't love God. It's, um, you know what the next scripture is? Any clue what the next scripture is? And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. Did you ever notice that those two scriptures were tied together? If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor, or the word helper is right there. This word counselor is not just a counselor as we think counselor. It has to do with this coming alongside to help you. If you love me, I'll keep my commandments. Thank you. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. Isn't that amazing? God says, yes, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And by the way, I'm going to send somebody to help you do this. Let's all stand together. Partnering with him by his strength. Zechariah 4, 6, last scripture. He says this, so he answered me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of the armies. Not by might, not by your own strength, but, or by power, but by God's spirit, says the Lord of the armies of heaven. If you partner with God and it's by his strength, God, listen, close your eyes. I want you to, uh, just for distraction's sake, I want you to, just, just you and him, I want you to hear this as a word from the Lord to you today. God is not against you. See, failure and that thought of failure and not good enough and not measuring up, that would be God being against you. But God is for you. He is with you. He is patient with you. He is long-suffering with you but he's also mighty to save. He also has the power to deliver you from every addiction, every shortcoming, every diagnosis, every mental diagnosis, every physical diagnosis. He's able to deliver you and to free you. God is not withholding his power from you. God. So the question is, God, what do I need to do? That's between you and the Lord.
God is what, what is my responsibility? What is my part in this? God can't meet with you if you don't get up, spend some time with him. That's your part. But it's your motive, your drive that's going to help you. God wants to bless you. God, what's my part? God wants to, that mental thing that you battle, God wants to deliver you. God, what's my part? Thank you, God. Father, we thank you. Thank you for the voice of the Holy Spirit who leads us out into those green pastures. That God, when we need to go and feed, God, you rile us all up in that little sheepfold and you lead us out to a place where we can feed. Thank you, God. You're so good. There's so much more to say. We're still going to be on this for several more weeks. Because I want, I want to linger here. There's a your part and there's a God part. What is your part? So God, I thank you for the Holy Spirit that lives within us, that leads us and guides us. And God, as we go forward, God, I thank you, God, that you are empowering us to do whatever you've called us to do. And God, if there's some things that we need to switch and change in our mindset and our motives and those things, God, I thank you, God, for the correction of the Holy Spirit. You're our counselor. You help us. Thank you, God, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Amen. Amen. Whew. It's kind of a... Whew. You feel it? You ready? As you go, as you go, I don't want to leave on a low kind of... Bleh. As you go, I want you to know the Holy Spirit goes with you, empowering you today. As you go, all you have to do is yield to his voice and yield to his thinking. Amen. That's what that's our goal. He goes with you. Say, if God be for me, who can be against me? Say it, if not by might, not by my own power, but God by your spirit. In Jesus' name. Say, God's gonna work, and I'm gonna work. And it's gonna accomplish things. Stuff's gonna happen. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Have an amazing, amazing week.